All right, folks. Here we go with another WTF Uncovered episode from the vaults. Uh, Some of you know the Mark and Tom show with me and Tom Sharpling is something we used to produce as individual episodes for sale on iTunes. Uh, You can hear all the ones we did uh, now on Howl uh, Premium, howl.fm. At one point, uh, Tom and I recorded two episodes in one session. We released the first one on iTunes and the plan was to release the second one a few months later. In the meantime, though, we entered into negotiations about the future of our archives, and we weren't sure what impact of any deal would have on episodes we put on iTunes. So we didn't want to put any additional episodes up until we figured out what we were doing. It's clear now that uh, that that second episode that we did in that hotel room in Philadelphia in 2013 did not see the light of day because by the time all was said and done, we just waited too long to put it up. So now, with love in my heart and joy in my spirit, I, I, I share with you the lost Mark and Tom episode. This was recorded, as I said, in a hotel room in Philadelphia in the winter of 2013. Let's go there now. All right, so we're doing it again. Uh, Mark Marin. this is uh, Tom Sharp. Yeah. It's exciting. It's Isn't been it? a while. It's been. It has been. A, it has been a, a long time. But if you just moved to Los Angeles, your entire life, uh, we could do this more more frequently. What I don't even know where I'd live in L.A. What neighborhood? Silver Lake. Would I end up in Silver Lake? I think you'd probably start in Los Feliz. Maybe. Okay. You know, maybe or maybe out where I live, I think mm-hmm. you could find yourself an affordable house. But that would make it easier. But though meeting in hotel rooms, <laughs> it's <There's> something. <laughs> this is a. We're in a Philadelphia hotel room this time. Yeah. Before we were in a New Brunswick hotel room. Yeah. That we were, uh, yeah. And now we seem to be doing these around your performance schedule. Right. Well, it, well, okay. So the next one, maybe we should meet uh, somewhere in the middle of the country for no other reason than to do this. St. Louis. We'll meet in St. Louis only if this one does really well. We'll yeah. put a little extra pressure on our listeners um, and, to get us to St. Louis. Sure. A road show. <laughs> I was wondered what no, those. No, not in front of people. No, oh, no, no. We, yeah. we want we Tom and I want to do a road show for ourselves. So please, I I hope you enjoy this purchase and get your friends to purchase it because Tom and I want to meet in St. Louis. Yes. As far as views go from hotel rooms, this is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. On one side, you've got you've got the water, mm-hmm. and then you've got the city over here laid out on the other side. And just down there is where the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. This fine country was fought about and conceived of. I'm not. I'm not clear on the history of whether or not was it signed. That I was don't it? know. I'm so bad with that stuff. Yeah. I was just going to ask how many Wawas we could count from up here. <laughs> what's a Wawa? Oh my God! What's a Wawa? It's a. It's a convenience chain, convenience store chain. Oh. But it's 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 a it's, it's a very Philadelphia, Philadelphia Maryland type chain and really good sandwiches at Wawa and they have a touch screen you go in you just punch really what you want on the touch screen yeah, and yeah. then they make it oh my god yeah. see now I'm, I'm torn I don't know whether to go to a Wawa or go see Independence Hall I think Wawa is the current it's the embodiment of <laughs> everything. everything that our forefathers 
fought for. All right, maybe I'll go to both. Yeah, I think you can. Well, you can go to Wawa, get yeah. a sandwich, yeah. get a yeah, a and shorty, then walk over six inch shorty, six as they inch call shorty. Them. Yeah. Then All right, bring it over to the Liberty Bell. Bring it over to the Liberty Bell. Sit down and eat it and reflect, and then go uh, look at uh, you know Ben Franklin's print shop. Yeah. Or post office or whatever the fuck yeah. he did. He did things. It's right, a nice city to walk around in. Well, I'm, I'm happy we're in Philadelphia. I'm happy we're doing this. Yeah. I have this... I'm hung up on this integrity idea. Mm-hmm. The authenticity. But then you realize that like nothing's made good. Even the brands that you're supposed to believe in is garbage. Mm-hmm. Everything's designed to just self-destruct within a couple of years. So you buy the exact same thing again with a new... Planned obsolescence yeah. is, is everything. Yeah. That's, it, that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing when... Like I, uh, I was at my parents' house. They were working on the on their basement, and they still had the TV that I bought when I was like fifteen, and it still worked. Yeah, but it was this amazing. It's like it's a relic. Like, how's this thing still work? Right. Oh, you know, over twenty five years later, this TV still still functional. It's like the idea of my my flat screen TV. It's like. Like five years now was like like let's just make it past yeah you five and then um th- then it's like an antique yeah you got to get a new one because the technology changed so quickly yeah and I I was thinking about the other day I I bought that Beatles box I bought the Beatles box the vinyl the Beatles the vinyl, vinyl Beatles box and I really started to try to calculate just how many times and how many different formats I've bought those fucking records mm-hmm. in. And how many you know, other ones are like, you know, I know that I had Let It Be, Let it be on vinyl originally. Mm-hmm. Then I probably had it on cassette. And then, like, I'm a little, like, I didn't buy 8-track, so I wasn't driving yet. But I bought Let It Be Naked, and mm-hmm. I probably bought it on CD. Sure. So now I just bought it again. How much have I contributed to that cause? It's a worthy cause. <laughs> you know, the children of Paul McCartney and, yes. and John Lennon. Yeah. And, it's funny because I am a consumer of that, and I'm a subscriber to clubs. But the thing you and I have in common is that we also are the president of clubs. Yeah. We also, I have my radio show, is like a club yeah. that I'm the CEO right. of. Yeah. And you for WTF, you are. I never think of myself as a leader, though. But you are. You are you're the face of the thing. You you're like the Steve Jobs, I guess, of the of WTF because uh, when it go when you go it goes. It's look, I I just bought a new Apple computer and and, and that was, you know, after the death. That's a that's a post Jobs mm-hmm. computer over there. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, Apple's doing okay without him. Yeah. I they think they're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Touch and go there. Who's going to slide into the the host slot? On WTF when... Uh, but I just don't know what, what it is about this authenticity thing. Like, you know, what do you get out of records? Uh, you know, wh- when they're, when it's the right record and you're playing, you're playing vinyl on something, it does, it's got, f- there is a feeling there. Like, you can feel, because it's being created by a physical, yeah. there's a physical process happening yeah. for that sound to come out. Yeah, yeah. And I really do feel like you can feel that when when things are recorded, when it's the right record. Yeah, I I feel like I can feel the room in which they recorded the record. Like you can feel the air. Yeah, I think that's true. I like that. You feel the space, and yeah. I mean, it's like because I knew Bruce Bruce Springsteen was big when on um when he was going to do uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Recording studios, when the technology gets better, the rooms get smaller. Mm-hmm. And 
then you get into that thing where you're making like Steely Dan albums where it's all about having mics all the way up on things. Yeah. So that you can you can record everything and then there's the room is doesn't matter. Is, yeah, it's beside the point. Yeah. Because it's only about the the, the, the sound the eighteen inches yeah. Yeah, yeah. between the bass drum and that mic. Right. And his big thing was he wanted to he wanted to record the room like the the room was as essential as magic the instruments in the room it's a ritual space yeah and yeah. I feel like you can feel that on those records if it's a room if it's a record that was recorded that way yeah that it's a sense of presence right that comes through yeah I'm appreciating it yeah and I mean that's how I feel about I think that's why I don't like. Steely Dan. I never got it. No, I never ever. And people, the people that are into them, they're like, "Oh, it's the most well-produced." But it's like, it's I don't like it. But it's like it's to me a Steely Dan record is the kind of thing the dude at the stereo store plays to sell you the stereo. Yeah, it's like listen to that. You hear that? You hear all those instruments in there? But it's like I'm not I'm not buying a stereo today. I don't need to hear this thing. That way, I'm not trying to add, check out the kick drum on this. Like, listen to that keyboard. You hear that? Look how full it is. It's like, that's what Steely Dan is to me. It's like audio demonstration records <laughs> that actual people like also. But I find myself listening to all those records I had in high school. Like, and I, I just hope I'm just, I, my fear is like, am I like that guy? Like, I'm now I'm all nostalgic. Like how when I'm, when I'm, it all clicks, how does it make you feel? Like when at like its I've best. never like I I've never understood the depth of the music. The thing that resonates the most with me is this sense of longing for like you know this romanticization of of women that might have been in my class or some waitress I worked with in high school where I'd play the wild one forever and I'd picture her <laughs> this you know unattainable. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, this unattainable perfection that I couldn't have. I was such a fucking romantic when I was younger. I just thought all the answers were there, and it was just so far away from anything I could, you know, get. It's all about women. Do you remember your first girlfriend? Sure. Yeah. Look, nobody liked me. I can kind of admit I was <laughs> horrible at that. That is, if I have a spot that I was horrible at, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just terrible. <laughs> Couldn't ask people out. Covered in sweat. <laughs> Ended up just hiding from everybody. And then thankfully my who the woman who became my wife kind of finds me and just like, All right, I see I see, I see the problem. Yeah, it's like a fixer upper. <laughs> you know. It's like, all right, I think we can work with this. And it's like and then yeah. Oh, I would have been so I would have been one of those guys who's just kind of like, just, you know, date somebody and then, you know, five years and then they kind of, it's like, well, what, do you, what are we going to do here now? It's time to get Dude. married. I'm breaking up. <laughs> like, and they break up the relationship when it's just like, I can't handle the next step in things. And then they just never go find anybody. And then that person's like, well. I'm just going to go find someone. I'm going to go grow up then and marry somebody. And then they run into them later. It's like, you know, like, yeah, I never dated anybody. Never, never had anybody after you. Oh, you're married. You got two kids now. Oh, that's fantastic. You kept growing. Yeah. And I'm yeah. kind of. You want your records back? Yeah. And then, then you talk about it, you know. Has that happened to you where you, you run into the, the exes that have, have lives? 
No, I, I honestly, I have nothing. I have so little interest in parts of my past that it's just a, a thing where it's like, I just, you know, I'll own, I'm going to say this is like from this point on is my life. You know, it's like <laughs> high school was so bad that I'm like, I just don't, You just. it's like, I don't have to, I will own that it happened. I'm not denying it. <laughs> like I'll own that it happened. And I will incorporate it into my life. It's like, you know, I think I think it's a very unhealthy thing when people deny parts of their life. Yeah. Just like, right. no, that was a horrible stretch. I'm denying it. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. putting it in a box because it will find you. Yeah, like it will, sure. It'll come out in a yeah. weird way that yeah. you're not ready for. Yeah. Like as a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, as a tumor. <laughs> just, <laughs> With your high school mascot yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, a giant eagle. Yeah, I got a an hornet. It's weird. Tumor. You have a you have an, an a hornet melanoma. Uh, I know what that is. That's grades uh, nine through twelve there. But yeah, but I I will own it. I will. It is a part of my narrative. But it also does not mean I need to focus on it anymore. You know what I mean? It's like no, that sucked. I'm. I don't want to. Did it suck? It all sucked. I think so. I I, I was not. Um, but isn't that where you discovered music and and heartbreak? Oh yeah, the, and <laughs> sure. The things I will take the things from it that still work now. I'll pick and choose. But you get to that that thing where it's like, you know, ultimately, it's it, the thing that sucked about it the most is just how mediocre it was. You know what I mean? It just it was just nothing in a way. I was like, I wasn't in with the cool kids. I wasn't in with the burnouts or the smart kids. I was just in this other group that just the floaters that just made fun of all the other groups. Right. And it's like, what a, so what that's a not, that, sad group of friends. That, that was like that's the undefined nerd group. Oh yeah. That, that, like, th- those were the nerds without focus. Yes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like I have better musical taste than the nerds. Right. Like they like horrible, like they would, um, do you remember the uh, Sticks did that album? Kilroy was here. It was like they they did this concept album. Is that after Grand Illusion or before? It's, it's after. It, I think every nothing came after that with Sticks. I think it broke the band up. Yeah, it was the one that had that Mr. Roboto, like just the oh, yeah, dumbest. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And I remember these kids in high school. You know, the the nerdy kids were just like, we're going to see Sticks. Um, they're doing the Mr. Roboto uh, concept tour, and like, and. Then I was reading about it, like in Rolling Stone or something, and it's like they came out. I've actually gone back. I've watched video of it. Yeah, like Sticks would come out. They did like ten minutes of acting yeah. before they played one song. Was that guy's name Tommy Shaw? Tommy Shaw and yeah. Dennis DeYoung. Yeah, it was this thing. I was like, if you watch it online, the the, yeah. the greatest part of it is there's there's one that uh, that uh, John Worcester talks about where there was like a Texas the Texas Jam, like the the big show where it's like it was like Ted Nugent, Sammy Hagar, it's outside, everybody's drunk and mm-hmm. it's in Texas. Yeah. And now like Sammy Hagar just finishes playing. Yeah. This guy's running around. He's you know sure, I see, pumping I saw the crowd him. I up. Saw he's just, him. Yeah. You just sit on top of a stack of speakers with a lap steel yeah. and do a <laughs> and do like a mean motor scooter or whatever the hell it yeah, was. The Montrose song. Yeah. yeah. The Montrose. But he's <laughs> 
He's pumping the crazy. He's got the crowds going crazy. Then all of a sudden, sticks come out and act for 10 minutes. <laughs> Did you imagine how in Texas, a show Baffled in Texas. drunk Texans. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what? sticks are playing. Maybe they'll come out. They'll do, uh, I guess they'll do Renegade. Yeah. They'll come out. No, no. This is different, guys. We're going to do. Hey, we got a scene we'd yeah. like to. Yeah. We're going to set the story. <laughs> it's the future. And rock and roll has been outlawed. Because in every musical, every yeah, yeah. rock opera, rock yeah, is sure. illegal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to make it interesting. Yeah, because there's. Yeah. What so, do we got to fight for? Yeah. So so these kids came in at school, and they're just like, we saw this Sticks. Uh, Kilroy was here, and uh, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And like, we're going again to... Uh, like they're playing Nassau Coliseum because because in 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 New Jersey you grow up it'd be like you could go to the the Meadowlands yeah you could go to like you actually had Philly Madison you could drive Square down Garden. to yeah you could go Philly Meadowlands Madison Square Garden or Long Island you go to the Nassau Coliseum so it was like you have four shots at any band coming through yeah and they're just like yeah we got tickets for uh, Nassau Coliseum and it was one of those ones where. Um, you find out it was like a half full arena. Like <laughs> right. the, all the Sticks fans got off board, but these dorks were still the only like. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Sticks broke up after that right. travesty. Right. But it's like that's who the, I was like. No, that sucks. I'm not a part of your terrible yeah, yeah, music scene. Yeah. I'm over here with better records, like Husker Du albums and stuff. Yeah. And then you're yeah, you but, guys are hold, holding on to the ghost yeah. of what rock was. Yes, yeah. And the burnouts are kind of like yeah. Like yeah, sticks suck. Yeah. You guys, yeah, they're Sabbath. And yeah. it's, but I just um, I remember I went to see Madness sure, live, sure, and one step uh, beyond. Yeah, one step yeah. beyond our house. Yeah, oh, and that was later Madness. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I remember get a kid in school was this kid came in and he was just he started he made fun of me because the drummer in Madness's drum set was so small compared to <laughs> Neil Peart's drum set. It's like. <laughs> That guy doesn't even have uh, roto toms on his drum set. Where's the gong? <laughs> but as if like the drummer from Madness is just saving his money, <laughs> trying to eventually build a drum set as big. Like that's why he doesn't have that drum set because he sucks. Oh, is why he doesn't God. have it. It's like it's just stuff. The guy in Madness could buy roto toms and sure. a gong and an ice bell and all that stuff. When I was in high school, my buddy Dave, who's dead now. Like he was, uh, he's a big Journey fan. He's a Nugent fan. So I ended up seeing a lot of bands that I didn't necessarily like. Mm -hmm. But uh, I used to work for a, a guy at the Posh Bagel, it was called. Okay. It's a Brooklyn Jew named Eddie Waxman, who was this lunatic, uh, on and off cocaine dude. But he let me manage shifts, and I was 15. It was right across from the college. It's a big life changer. But he eventually got into the racket of catering, and we would cater concerts. And I ended up like you know working these concerts, like and and they weren't like the greatest array of concerts. Like the ones I remember is like you know, because you know backstage would have been a big deal, yeah. you know, in high school. Like this is awesome, and I think some of these were probably big deals to people. But like like Toto. Like we yeah. did, and I'm like, I don't even give a shit about Toto. I, mean, I couldn't even identify a member yeah. of Toto. And then we did Journey, which was okay. And mm -hmm. I got, but then Rush, we did Rush, which would have been a big deal to guy people like people who like Rush. They fucking love. Rush. Sure. And now you're talking like this is like 
permanent waves and this moving is 19, pictures. It's probably 78. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's you know. Prime Rush. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. And uh, I just remember, like, y- you know, Alec Leifson. Is that his name? Yeah. Alex Leifson and Giddy Lee were in a dressing room. And, and Alex Leifson was sitting there with a classical guitar mm-hmm. on, on the you know on the left leg or however the hell you do okay. that you know practicing yeah and uh and it was too hot in the dressing room and he needed a fan to sit in front of him while he played classical guitar before the show <laughs> and uh and Eddie you know it wasn't really his job to get Alec Leafson a fan but but he took it upon himself mm-hmm. so he sent me to his home way up by the mountain to pick up a fucking fan for Alex Leifson so he would be comfortable while he noodled on his nylon string guitar. And I hated them. I hated them because of that. They were such pompous cunts that I was like, fuck them for making me go get a fan when I could have been watching the opening band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. So that's my feeling on that. It is those those personal... When anything becomes personal like that... yeah. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that disappointment. But like in terms of like the girl thing though, because I was trying to think about it. Like I was on, on the plane yesterday and actually I was laying in bed last night. I don't have insomnia generally, but occasionally I'll just run, you know, the reel of disappointments, you know, the, you know, uh-huh. to go back over, you know, how oh, did I, those missteps or why didn't, you know, how come like I dated her for three months and then she immediately went out and fucked that guy and would not fuck me? You know, like those things. Like, how was I the warm up guy? You know, what, what did I not possess that, that would enable me just to have that out of the way? I could uh-huh. have had that virginity thing out of the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, no, I did not have the key to the lock. But with those things, do you think... Whenever I go on those those tears like that, yeah. the parade of <laughs> failures and almost yeah, and regrets <laughs> and missteps and yeah, at, at some point it's like I, ha- I I have to just say, if I'm happy with where I am right now, that was a part of what got me to where I am oh, right yeah. now. But oh. it's it does not mean these things dim at all, though. It's like they still scream at you. You're still the same guy. Yeah, just like mm. you would have just stood up for yourself. Yeah. That one time. And it's yeah. like the times when I just took it. Like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I worked because I worked in insane. I started working so young for whatever weird. It's one of those things that's like, I like buying records. Like, yeah. I could be able to buy my own records. And right. then, like, so naturally the leap with my family is it's just like sure go get a job yeah. at, at 12 like nobody being like yeah well he can he does like records <laughs> so where'd you yeah. work i mean I, I had a paper route but then i worked at this diner i was like yeah. a bus boy at a diner i was like 13 Ugh. and i just remember they would just scream at me like like the owner of this place his name was bill i can still just picture him and then his Sister it was a brother sister thing, yeah. Greek diner, yeah. Bill and Effie, and I was like, guys, like, 
He's like yelling. He's like, "Go get the milk!" Like you know, you know those yeah. things in the den. It's a giant, the giant yeah, you chrome put in the machine, the giant chrome thing. Yeah, where it's like yeah. a box of milk yeah, goes in. There's yeah. like a little bag. Yeah, it's a milk box with a big bag of milk in it. Yes, yeah. big bag of milk, and there's a like a, a tube, tube that, that comes off cut. of it. Yeah, you got to cut Run it. it through that hole where the weighted thing. Absolutely, is. Yeah. yes, that you can lift up and yeah, the milk right. comes out it's like right. a pincher. So yeah. I'm, it's like, put the thing in, and it's like nobody tells me how to do it. So I go. Grab this thing from the freezer. Yeah. And I'm carrying the thing in. I was trying to set it up. It's a packed Saturday. Like everyone's at the counter, all the booths. And I'm dragging this thing. I open the thing, take the empty box out. I'm trying to put the thing in, trying to get it. And it's it's not fitting. And it's like now it's like I cut it and I cut it too early. And I like the milk's like it's like a Jerry Lewis routine. You can't stop the milk. It's screaming, like screaming at me. And it's like I just think of if I, just as a kid, just said, you know what, you know, fuck you and your milk, I'm out of here. You know, it's like, it's like you're, I'm making three fifty an hour or whatever. I'm mean, like, like just garbage money. Even as a kid, it's kind of garbagey yeah, money. Yeah. If I would have just stood up for myself, like who would I be? I might be like governor or something. <laughs> governor Sharpwing. <laughs> yes, you, I could have been could. President Sharpwing. Governor Sharpwing. You don't know. It's like, but I just was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just like apologizing. <laughs> Many towels. Yeah. You oh know. my god. Yeah. And the the like all the the Costa Rican guys are trying to help me now because they just like yeah. they're getting yelled at all day. But it's like like those moments where I just took it. Yeah. I think that set those set my. Like my mechanics in play. Like I'm always operating from from that template in yeah. a way. And otherwise now I have to I have to like override that. Cause somehow that got just like tattooed. Like boom, that's there forever. You're the guy that's gonna yeah. take it. Yeah. For just like forever <laughs> on you. And it's like, I don't know if you can get rid of those things. My my thing was I was always the guy I was a sucker mm-hmm. and that's something I fight against actively because my father was a sucker. These people would come into this place. It was right across from the university. It was right across from Yale Park, which was sort of famous for like you know lunatics. If there was like you know sort of a lunatic central, mm-hmm. it was it was right in this area in New Mexico. Okay. So these homeless guys and these you know these these people that should be in hospitals you know were wandering around in different you know versions of talking to themselves. And there was three or four of them that were always around. There was one guy that wore too many, you know, had scarves tied all over him. And there was another guy that had matted hair. And then there was this other guy named Pete who used to talk to himself and draw pictures. These really elaborate pictures. There was, he's a schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. But he used to come in and I'd, I'd indulge them and I'd, I'd have them come in. And, you know, like one time there was this one homeless guy that used to come in and he was like scary. And like I took a picture of him because I took photography in high school and I put him in a posh bagel hat and I took a picture of him and I hung it up on the right, right <laughs> uh-huh. behind the counter as uh-huh. an employee of the week, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And Eddie comes in and he's like, Get, who the fuck? Put that down. Where's that hat that you gave him? You know? <laughs> And, but like, I had a lot invested in Pete because I thought, I always thought that crazy people were geniuses. So like Pete would draw these pictures and write these things that made no sense. But I thought he was like a genius. So Mm -hmm. I would buy him coffee all day and and have him hang around. And, you know, I brought him to my house. He was like a stray dog or something. And my mother knew him and stuff. And, you know, he eventually kind of lost it, you know, and I got fascinated with him. And, but I was always sort of taken advantage of by people. I was never sort of, you know, 
it wasn't the situation where I was spoken to, you know, or talked down to or, mm-hmm. or put in my place in any way. But I always, you know, I was always the guy that's sort of like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hundred dollars. What do you need a hundred dollars for? You know? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Okay. You'll give it back to me. I was that guy. I was easy Mark. And that, and because I wanted to be connected to these people, sure. to criminals. Yeah. Now when people, if somebody asked you in a thing where you, did you know you were playing a, do you know you're playing that part in a thing when it's, like the lending of money, do you know, or do, or is it a new thing every time? Like, I, like where where's the awareness on? Well, I have to just shut myself down to it because I think that it's like William Burroughs said: you can't hide the mark inside. Like, if you're that guy, you're that guy, and people who are looking for a mark are going to find you. Yeah. So at some point, you just have to go against your instincts and say, "No, I don't want, I I don't want that as collateral." Sure. You know, like uh, you know, there's some guy that was supposedly a musician of some kind that. You know, he needed five hundred dollars. I didn't have five hundred dollars, but my dad, who's also a sucker, I knew he had five hundred dollars. This guy was going to give us a forty-five Magnum pistol as collateral. So somehow or another, you know, my dad agreed to let me give this guy five hundred dollars and for me to pick up this gun. Mm-hmm. So you know, I brought this gun home, and so now we have this giant gun. The guy can't pay back the thing. We don't want the gun. We end up giving him the gun back and you know letting the whole fucking thing go. He's a con man, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, I have that in my genetics, and that frightens me. Oh, yeah, because Cause you never know when you're going to get played. So I just don't engage in those conversations. Yeah, it, it forces you, like you said, you have to shut down because if you shut down, the door is closed. Right. Nobody can come but, through. But, but in, given both of our situations in those situations, you know, and you've got that thing where you're like, you know, you're being dressed down by morons. Yeah, yeah I've got the nice guy. Thing. Right. But see, but anytime we act to protect ourselves or stop that from happening, there's no grace to that. Because it's always like, no, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, no, I can't. Like, because you're fighting with yourself in front of this person yeah. that's doing what hits those buttons. Yeah. So there's oh, no yeah. cool to it. Yeah. So even when you're making the right decisions to not be that guy, you're completely graceless in it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I, I start to double down when I should be walking away from the table. It's like, <laughs> like no, no, no. no it's like, I know, I know you're completely... Make it, you're making me feel like garbage, but if I double, if I just try twice as hard, you're going to admit I'm a nice guy. Oh, like, so you keep looking for the like there. You just don't know you like me. Yeah, I'm going to win you over. Yeah, even though it's just I feel horrible. You're making me feel terrible, and you're a terrible person. Uh, I can get I can get you on my and then I go complain about it. Yeah, in my you know I was just like. Oh, can yeah. you believe these people with the? It's like, well, <laughs> there is like it's like it's a different kind of mark where yeah, it's yeah, like it is, yeah, you know, and yeah, they've won. Yeah, yeah, they've gotten what they got needed from from whatever your direction is, and for the rest of your life, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. there was this time. Let me just ask you: when you what? with the mark, yeah, I just I was one thing about that. If you're going into a coffee shop and you come out, and some guy has a story, yeah. Like, yeah, I missed the the bus. My car yeah. broke yeah. down. I need a bus ticket. I only yeah. need, it's always there's an amount too. I need yeah. I need two dollars and sixteen cents. Yeah. Do you give a guy like <laughs> not that, that money? guy, not that one, not the one that not the uh, the uh, the exact amount scam. Mm-hmm. Like, I only need four dollars and twenty seven cents to get yeah. a bus ticket back to New York. Yeah. See, I'll always give that person a couple dollars, just because. It's like if, I always feel like if they're working that hard. To tell us to to tell me a story, it's almost like 
that's the story I'm paying for somebody who's working. Sure. That's their job. I get it. But like, if it's the, you know, the weird amount story, I don't like that. And there used to be a guy uh, on the Lower East Side or where actually when I lived on 16th street that would run around, you know, sort of dressed like a a business guy Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, he had like a portfolio and some other things, Mm -hmm. but his story was always sort of like, I just got robbed and like, but I'd see him do this. You know, like yeah. every couple of weeks, yeah. I'd, I'd see him around yeah. doing this. And and the the scariest thing you can do for yourself in those situations, because this happened to me in the speaker scam too. You remember that one where there, there'd be the guys in the van? Hey, we just we got a couple extra speakers yeah. here because overstock. Yeah, overstock. Right, that thing. Yeah, like you know, I bought those ones. The empty speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought those, but the don't. Don't get righteous because the next time, you know, a couple of those guys come up, you know, mm-hmm. they're always kind of burly. The speaker of scam guys, yeah. they're like sort of, hey, you know, we got a little overstock. And I'm like, I know what you're doing. It's like, oh, do you want you shut the fuck up? Yeah, because you're going to ruin like, it for me. I felt my life was like I was in trouble oh, by yeah. calling them out on it. Yeah. Because they're criminals. Yeah. No, I had that. I had a, an opportunity going back during this is like the early 90s. I had access to a ticket Ticketmaster machine. Yeah. And it was the like CMJ was going on and Nirvana were playing the like the Roseland Ballroom. Yeah. So it's like I got eight tickets and I was just like, I'm gonna scalp these tickets. There's so many people in town for CMJ. It's like these things will I'll yeah. sell them to college. Like I'm yeah. like I'm not out gonna I'm not gonna be out on the street trying to sell them. I'll just go into where the CMJ thing is happening and I'll sell them and then I um I went in and like nobody was buying them like yeah none of the college kids from out of town and um and I'm like oh my god I'm going to have to go on the street and sell these things <laughs> I'm going to have to be a real yeah. one of those guys yeah. be one of them I'm going to have to go into like yeah and now you know those guys are like you want you need, who's got tickets yeah. tickets take like I'm going into like those guys and those guys were just like get out of here like yeah. like cuz I'm infringing on their yeah, they're turf, turf and, and they, they know were, each other. Oh no, they they, they exactly they clearly know each other. The outlaw code that yeah. you're you're in, you're that's their business. Oh, and now here comes this one douche who's like trying to sell like sell them, and then finally they they were just so they were scaring me so much I just sold them the tickets <laughs> at a loss just so I could get out of there. Oh my god! That yeah, was, to accommodate that, like I you know it was the best thing I could do at that moment. Yeah, it was just yeah. I'm not a scalper. Yeah. I'm out of my element and out of my, I'm yeah. over my head here. Yeah. And these guys are going to get like, they were getting mad, mad. Oh yeah. Because you're just a punk. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a kid. You got no business doing that. Yeah. So tell, let's, let's talk about that Sandy experience. Cause like literally I'm in LA and I really had no idea the scope of the damage mm-hmm. until you talked about what you went through. And then I started seeing like, it was like, it, it was horrendous and, and I, I have no sort of point of reference for anything like that other than nine eleven. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, it was it was um last year there was a, a hurricane Hurricane Irene came through last year. Yeah. And that's the one that um like my basement got flooded and all my stuff got ruined. Like yeah. so I was ready for this hurricane. I was you know what, sandbagged or not sandbag, uh, just uh, a generator. Yeah. Because it, um, the way we got stuck last year was our power went out. And when the power goes out, the pump, the sump pumps stop working. And that's when the water just comes right in. Right. When there's no pumping mechanism to keep the basement dry. And 
So this this time it was like the house house just shook. Like the the winds were what got us this time. It was not the the water was not so bad. Right. The winds though, just giant trees, you know, just you hear it because it's pitch black out. Yeah. The thing started just when it got dark. Yeah. There's no lights. You could see off in the distance um these like blue green explosions the power that was the, a transformer transformer just popping. It, it's the weirdest look yeah. it's just like yeah just these it's pitch black and then you just see an explosion and yeah. then it's pitch black again and you just when you hear a tree break like that you're you're just hoping the next sound is not hitting your house right the like ceiling that. coming in yeah on all you. of a sudden yeah. me seeing the tree yeah because it, it's, <laughs> it fell on me you know <laughs> yeah. in my living room yeah but yeah, we we were without power for like five or six days. It was not, it was manageable. But, but that feeling of like, like when I was in an earthquake in L.A., not in this house, but mm-hmm. I was in a hotel. This sort of like, it's really humbling that you, you know that just you know oh, yeah. at, at, that we're just we're fortunate mm-hmm. that the forces of nature are relatively tame here for some reason. Yeah, or that they're they haven't been so horrible, uh, with any consistency that we're we're all not just you know scrambling for food outdoors. Oh yeah, no, it's bigger, it's bigger than you, and you know we are like, we're like ants in yeah. the face of this thing. Yeah, it's like that moment. You ever had that moment where you're swimming in the ocean and you get pulled into an undertow and you realize just, I can't manage this at yeah, all. Just a little bit out, and yeah, you're just yeah. like oh, like this is yeah. It's, this is how people die. Yeah, this is where oh, the yeah. drowning starts. Yeah, like famous people die that way. Like that doesn't help them. Like the waves don't take that into consideration. <laughs> no, he's a celebrity. Let him, yeah, exactly. let him swim out of yeah, this. He's up on this. It's like I could only imagine Los Angeles in the face of the panic that goes on with things, like the gas. Yeah, gas stations just not being open. Yeah, the idea no one has power. Yeah, so these gas stations can't pump gas. And you I, need, I don't know what would happen. You need gas to run your generator. I never. Th- I try not to think about um, like earthquakes are one thing. I've I've been through uh, one big one, and and there's just a little one when I was living there. But God forbid anything really goes down because there's no getting out unless you have a helicopter. You're not going to drive anywhere. Yeah. I mean, don't you th- even here? I would imagine that it's like God forbid we have to move a- out of this area. Yeah. What, what road are you going to oh, take? Oh, no, it's it's over. It's We're like, locked in. Yeah, everybody, it's like, that is... Cause, and also, where are you going to go where it's better all of a sudden? Like, you're going to go where there's nothing. The only I guess p- this is why The Walking Dead resonates with people, is that you know, the, 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 the reason it's absolutely terrifying is that it's relentless, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's inevitable, it's growing, and there's no real escaping it. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the line between normalcy and chaos is so thin with this stuff because all it takes is a sporting event loss yeah (laughs) oh yeah exactly (laughs) we lost the chance like because the other these people riot. nobody riots if their team sucked yeah so they riot because they didn't win everything right or they ride because they did win it's like yeah and then the, the the great humbler is that like you know when something natural like that happens it's like we're we're all losing. There's no, yeah. and and it's just a scrambling. It's very frightening to to think about. No, it it really. I mean, the gas lines. There were lines two miles long on the highway for for gas for people waiting to just get gas. And this thing wasn't that big. in the scheme of things. It, yeah. it was big. 
It yeah. wasn't that big. Yeah. You know, it didn't wipe out. It just didn't wipe out every bridge and yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, and that's two miles of people waiting for gas because because of a crazy superstorm. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what you do though to get ready for it. Like, you have to dedicate your life to it. <laughs> to be preparation. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to be. You'd have to know how to build stuff. Yeah. You'd have to know how to hunt. Yeah. You know. Some people are preparing for that. I watched your show last night. I could not stop watching it. I, I, I was laying in bed. It was on PBS. It was like, uh, it was just a guy. I forget what it was called. But it was just this guy who built a cabin and from scratch mm -hmm. and then lived out there uh, for 30 years. You know, just you know, hunting occasionally, smoking some meat, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just made his own snowshoes, made his own table, built a whole cabin with the fireplace. And there's part of me that thinks like, well, I mean, if I applied myself, <laughs> you know, I, I could probably wrap yeah. my brain around this. I have to make my peace with the fact that if the shit goes yeah, down, when yeah. it goes down, you're going down with it. I better, you know, yeah, I'm probably on the wrong end of it once when it, it goes down. Once the stuff in the cabinets is gone, I'm yeah. You guys want to write, uh, write some funny stuff for you. Maybe I could be the guy who writes funny sketches for the for the new village the, the entertainment yeah, you can, yeah. Like, what there's no role for for an entertainer in this uh in this new this new infrastructure you know i'm not ranked super high on this ladder like that'd be the other thing but it's, too. All, but it's all we got all right yeah. i'm the biggest star you got yeah. here <laughs> don't you really don't you guys like look the way it worked before yeah guys who did what i did were pretty powerful sure on the ladder yeah so I would hope I can have yeah. a commensurate place on this new on this new ladder. But meanwhile, it's going to be some kid who knows how to like trap chickens. Yeah, like he's ranked higher than me. That's going to be your pitch to the council. It's like, oh. look, I really want to be yeah. part of the camp, and I know I can't it's, contribute it's, in the way a lot of people are contributing. Yeah. and I know you guys are clearly in charge, yeah, and you're yes. doing a good job. Yeah, you're doing a good job. But I notice a lot of people don't look happy, and there's no reason since this is all functioning properly, and you got the guys who get the meat, and these ladies are, are washing things, and so is those two guys, yeah. and you guys, oh, you guys good. have the guns and everything. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I love being part of this. Yeah. But look, I think we need a yeah. little levity. Yeah. Where's the call-in show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no call-in show no, in this post-apocalyptic yeah. uh, fortress and, that and, we're and, all and, in. And then the pitch becomes bigger. It's like, I'm thinking one night a week, people gather around. We go down to the place. We Look, you got builders. Let's build some seats. We'll build a little stage. Yes. It'll be nice. I'm sure there are people here yeah. with hidden talents. And who knows? Maybe if it goes well, we can do two shows. Yeah. You know, like you know, yes, twice a yeah, week. Yeah. Maybe encourage people to yeah. come on, fellas. I'm yeah. trying the best I can here. I, yeah. thought, I thought I could do a thing here and make fun of all you guys. Yeah. A who are doing show. Who, who are doing all the work. Yeah, right. Like I'll you goof know. on all of you. Yeah, it'd be fun because like some people think you guys are assholes. Quite honestly, I have my ear <laughs> yes. to the ground out there and there's talk. All right. And you can't, you know, it, you... <laughs> <laughs> then you jump forward and they're like sending me out. The first one out to like go talk to the other tribe, and then I get yeah, hit by we flaming got a arrows. For you. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go walk. see if you can entertain them yeah. exactly. into, into sharing some space with us. Yeah, exactly. You'd like to? Yeah. You, you can be the politician. You're the diplomat. Yeah. Then I get uh, hit with a flamethrower. 
as I'm trying to approach the other compound. <laughs> to, 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 like a, to, to a wall of laughing people. Yes. Just, they, they, there's yeah. just like all these people on top of the fortress laughing hysterically yeah. as you run back yeah, on, on fire. fire. Yeah, see, he was funny. <laughs> it's just like, it turns out, I actually, at this point, I might take that if it meant everybody was laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, that's that how you go out. That, actually, that would actually be in the win column in terms of like, no, but you should have seen it. They were all laughing. Everybody was, they were on the ground laughing at me. That's right. You I had the entire place cracking up. <laughs> all right, that's it. All right. We good? I think so. Great. Hey folks, this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. You know all those times you've heard guests sneeze on the show. Well, actually, you don't hear any of that because we cut the sneezes out when we're editing. But take my word for it, people definitely sneeze in here. And when they do, I've got a box of Kleenex on the table right in front of them so they can use one and get right back to business. And here's what Kleenex means to me, a tissue that will hold up. We've all used those other tissues that you blow holes right through. When I see Kleenex, I know that tissue is up for the job. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.